Hi, I'm Scotty. Some of my favorite memories from college involve Baylor football. And many of those memories are accompanied by great memories of the banter that came with the territory. Yeah, it's the banter that makes college football so fun, and that's what I'm here to bring to you. Bears Illustrated presents Please Bear With Me. What's going on, Baylor Nation? This is the Please Bear With Me podcast. My name is Scotty Swingler. Thank you so much for tuning in for our weekly look at Baylor Athletics. If you didn't listen to last week's episode, let me encourage you, please go do that. Last week, I had the absolute mind-blowing privilege of speaking with Rachel Barabo. If you don't know who Rachel is, she has been one of the most vocal supporters of Baylor football this season, especially after everything that the university went through um, in the firing of Art Bryles and all of that. And she is unreal. You need to go follow her on Twitter, and you need to go listen to the podcast episode from last week. Her story literally made me teary-eyed. It got me really emotional, and she was just incredible to have on this podcast. And so I want to say thank you again to her for coming on, and if you didn't listen to that last week, you need to do yourself a favor and go listen to it. This week, I've got a message about the seniors that are on this football team, and then you're going to hear from Kevin Barrera of Bears Illustrated. He is one of my partners in crime over there at Bears Illustrated. He's a guy who's been working, uh, covering Baylor football for a really long time. He knows his stuff, and so I am very, very excited to have Kevin on this week. But first, my opening rant. I wrote an article this week for Bears Illustrated about why Baylor fans owe Taylor Young the biggest thank you. Listen, this guy has put it all on the line for Baylor football. In case you forgot, when Art Bryles was fired in May of 2016, Taylor Young was actually one of the most vocal supporters of Coach Bryles. He was not happy about it, and he made it known all over social media that he was not happy about it. In fact, he made it even known that he would not play again for Baylor if Coach Bryles was not the guy on the sideline. Talk about devotion and commitment. In one tweet that really tugged at my heartstrings, he said, you know, this man fought for me. Why shouldn't I fight for him? And Taylor Young, if you know his story, he was he's only five foot nine. He was not highly recruited out of high school, and so he had a large amount of warranted loyalty to the former coaching staff. Now, he did stick around and play the 2016 season, probably because transferring out in May is not ideal, and he was still playing under Phil Bennett, same defensive staff, and the entire same staff other than Jim Grobe, who had taken the mantle at head coach, right? 
And Taylor Young, for all intents and purposes, was ready to get out the door after that season. Matt Rule said this week in his press conference that it wasn't just that they thought Taylor Young was transferring. It was, in Matt Rule's words, he was gone. He was out of there. They did not expect him to come back this season to play his senior year for Baylor, especially because he graduated. He finished his degree. He was eligible to transfer to any other school. And believe you me, there are many, many very good football teams that would be starting Taylor Young right now if they had the opportunity to. Outside of Alabama, who, by the way, has had an injury plague at linebacker and could use Taylor Young right now, he probably could start for any team in the country. He's that good. Matt Rule went to him, kind of made a pitch, you know, said, if you stick around and play for us this season, if you play under Coach Snow, we will make you the best linebacker you've ever been, and we will make you one of the best players in the Big 12. Matt Rule is known as a guy who has developed players extremely well, especially when it comes to making the NFL. Taylor Young being a very, very dicey NFL quarter, uh, NFL prospect at five foot nine, and so Taylor Young ultimately made the decision to stay. You might think to yourself, "Well, good, he should. That's the right decision, right?" Like it's really easy for Baylor fans to sit back and think, "Well." Of course he stayed. That was the right thing to do. But there's another guy who was in a similar situation who transferred. His name's Jarrett Stidham. If you haven't been keeping up with it, he's got a very real shot to make the college football playoff this year as the quarterback for Auburn. I've already got him listed as a Heisman favorite for next season. He's playing tremendously in the best league in college football and has a very, very good chance to play in the playoffs, maybe win a Heisman, and definitely get drafted in the first round because of the way he's playing right now for Auburn. And I don't blame Jarrett Stidham a bit for transferring out of here. Jarrett Stidham came to Baylor to play for Art Bryles, to play in that Art Bryles offense. And so I wasn't mad when Jarrett Stidham left. In fact, I didn't blame him at all. I wouldn't want him here starting for a one-win football team. You know what I'm saying? Like, You cannot blame him for leaving. Just like you couldn't have blamed Taylor Young for leaving. And that's my point. Regardless of his reasoning, regardless of it was if it was because Matt Rule told him, I'll make you an NFL prospect or the best linebacker in the Big 12, regardless of why Taylor Young stayed, he stayed. And he didn't have to. And I wouldn't have blamed him a lick if he had left. I probably would have left were I in his shoes, y'all. Taylor Young is what it means to be a Baylor Bear. He's devoted. He has played lights out this season despite playing for a losing team under a new coaching staff that he did not initially buy into. And for that, we all owe Taylor Young a huge thank you. And he deserves a place in our hearts as one of the greatest Baylor Bears of all time. So let me first publicly say thank you, Taylor Young. And I would love for you to go read my article on that. That being said, there's a lot of our seniors that we owe the same thank you to. I'm sure Mo Porter could have left and played almost anywhere. A guy like Chance Waz probably could have left. A guy like Jordan Feuerbacher could have left. 
there are a lot of good football players who are playing their final home game in McLean Stadium on Saturday who could have, and some might say should have, left this program. But they decided to stick around, to take these losses like men, and to build a rock-solid foundation for the Matt Rule era at Baylor moving forward. That is invaluable. You cannot measure the impact those guys have had on our team and on our university. A guy like, think about Ish Wainwright. Now, I don't think anybody would call Ish Wainwright an NBA prospect. He wasn't outstanding in college, but he was a glue guy and he was valuable and he's an extremely good defensive basketball player. And I have no doubt he could have made millions of dollars playing basketball in China or in Europe or in one of those secondary leagues. And he chose to play football for Baylor. And some people might think, well, he only did that to try to make the NFL, but I don't think he did. I think Ish Wainwright chose to play football at Baylor because he loves Baylor. If you're a fan of this university or of this football team, if you're an alumni like me, you love Baylor. You want others to love Baylor. You want to love the people who love your school, and you want just that support and that excitement and that optimism, right, around your school. These seniors, this senior class, has done that and exemplified that school loyalty, that school pride, that school optimistic outlook better than anyone. They really have. And so go to the game if you're able. Support those guys. Stay till the end. I cannot be more emphatic. These men deserve your support and deserve your praise. Plain and simple. They're the guys that have done it right and who have been in some ways punished because of the ones who did it wrong. And so Baylor seniors, please bear with me and myself. Love to just say thank you so much. You have my full support in everything you do going forward. I wish and pray for all the best for each of you. This is what it means to be a Baylor Bear. It's devotion, it's heart, it's selflessness, and these seniors exemplify that. Get on Twitter, tweet at them, shoot them a Facebook message or a text message, you know, if you know them personally. Make sure these seniors know that they're supported and that we are not angry that this season's been rough on the field. We are just proud that they stuck around and wore the green and gold and did it the right way. And that's it. That's all my thoughts on that. But yeah, support these seniors. They're great. They are great. A couple of thoughts for you before we get into this interview. We are very quickly approaching the end of football season. There won't be a bowl game this year. So after the TCU game next week, we are done with our week-to-week podcast. We will be moving to a bi-weekly So every two weeks, twice a month, essentially, format of the podcast. And we're going to cover everything. I want to cover basketball and baseball and softball and track and field and tennis, you know, whatever, everything. If you have something you want covered during the football offseason, I need you to let me know. Tweet at me at Bear Podcast or shoot me an email at scottswingler at gmail.com. Let me know what you want covered. If you have someone you'd like to hear on the podcast, maybe 
a former track and field athlete or a former baseball player, you know, something out of the box or something that you want to hear, let me know. Let's make it happen. My goal is always to give you what you want, right? I want to give you the content you want to hear. That's why we very intentionally have covered Baylor football in a way that doesn't take a lot of tangents, that goes straight to the analysis, straight to the thoughts, straight to the opinions, because I want to give you what you want to hear. So let me know what you want to hear this offseason, and we'll make it happen. I've got a couple of guests lined up already that I'm really excited about coming up very soon, but let me know what you want, and we'll make it happen, okay? That being said, here's my conversation with Bears Illustrated's Kevin Barrera. We talk about this season, some recruits coming in this coming year, and just what to expect against Iowa State. Here's Kevin. All right, Kevin Barrera of Bears Illustrated joins me now on Please Bear With Me. Kevin, first and foremost, this season has not exactly gone the way we all hoped and expected it might for Baylor. What have been your overall impressions of this team and some of your biggest takeaways after this rough season? First and foremost, we can all pretty much agree that it's been a tough season to watch. I think most most of us that keep up with the team and aren't necessarily surprised. I think with everything that, you know, Matt Rule came in and took over and just everything that was going on around the program, you know, it wasn't really, it's, you know, you're not really surprised because there's just so many missing pieces right now. But it's been a frustrating season to watch because, you know, you, you come in and you, you – you know the type of talent you have, but then, you know, you see injuries start to come up, which, you know, obviously can't help that. You know, starting the year uh, losing to UTSA and, and Liberty, I mean, I think Matt Rule himself would tell you that that's kind of unacceptable where the program's been um, and kind of the talent you have. But, you know, when you see just over the course of the season, you know, defense has been just every week just getting better and you know, that's been a very positive takeaway for me because, you know, you, you know, Phil Snow came in and you, you kind of heard about how difficult his scheme was and, you know, where they going to be able to pick it up. And I think they just, they picked it up, picked it up really well. And I mean, especially with this last game against tech, I mean, I think they held him for under 400 yards in the game. And, you know, I think a lot of the, you know, the points that they scored were, were maybe off offensive turnovers and stuff like that. So, I mean, when you see that, um, just the improvement the defense has made, I mean, I think that's been very positive. The offense has been frustrating to see. Uh, I think you've you've seen just kind of different identities, almost like they just don't even know what they're going to be each week. But, I mean, I think you've kind of seen it solidified now that Charlie Brewer's played the past couple of weeks, kind of seeing identity with the offense, which is nice. But I think overall, you know, you just kind of, just kind of come to that realization that, it is going to take a while. It is going to take a few years. And, you know, there's certainly things to build off of. So um, I'm, kind of, I'm looking forward to the future. And now as we begin to wind down the 2017 season, and most Baylor football fans are looking ahead to 2018, where are some areas that this team can immediately improve? What are some things that this team can do right away to begin to be much better in the coming season? Yeah, I think I think the more so on the offensive side of the ball because that the offensive line was just so so depleted. I mean, just uh, you know, kids retiring, you know, seniors graduating, 
a couple kids leaving uh program. If this team's going to have any success next year, it has to start an offensive line. Um, I think that is the group. That's the main group that has to improve more than anybody over the next, you know, several months leading into next season. I mean, that's because as the offense goes, it's you know they go because of the offensive line, and you know it's just been you know you have two you have two freshmen that have played significant amount of time on the offensive line and. I mean, when you match them against some of the defensive lines in the Big 12, I mean, they're babies when you look at it. And so, you know, I think the biggest key to success for this team next year is the offensive line. I mean, I think you have two really good quarterbacks in Zach Smith and and Charlie Brewer that you can build off of. I mean, I, I think this team can win with either one of them. Um, obviously, Charlie brings what he brings and Zach brings what he brings. But I think either one of those quarterbacks could really lead this team, you know, to big improvement next year. But, again, I mean, I think it all starts on the offensive line. You have to shore that group up. You have to add bodies. You have to add talent. But you have to add that experience and things like that. And, you know, if they can if they can shore that group up, I think you'll see this team improve a ton off of this season. Well, and here's the good news about that offensive line is four of those five guys are coming back next year. And so that can only help in terms of experience and level of play, as you mentioned. So the guy leaving, though, is Mo Porter at left tackle. Who slides in to replace him? I think you got that kid, the kid that transferred in from Clemson, that will be able to play next year. And yes. From everything I've seen, he's supposed to kind of slide into that that left tackle spot. So that'll be huge because that kid. I mean, he's. From everything I've seen, he's a monster. He's just had some issues with injuries. But, I mean, he was a, an All-American coming out of high, uh, high school, you know, played at Clemson, had double-digit starts at Clemson, was on that team that won the national championship, I believe. So you you add a guy like that, I mean, he's he's mature. He's going to have the whole year to kind of get into the strength conditioning program, uh, get stronger, you know, learn the playbook, learn – you know, how Coach DeLeon coaches, and I think next year he'll be able to slide in there and, and be a big contributor for this team. So, you know, I mean, you look at someone like that, because I think you do have some freshmen coming in, but, I mean, if you if you can help it, you don't want any of those guys playing. I mean, I think the, the two that played this year played just out of necessity, but I think, you know, with, with getting more depth and everything, I think you won't have to rely on freshmen as much anymore. Um, and I know they have a couple of freshmen redshirting that they haven't played this year that you know could come in. But I think the biggest the biggest one I look at is that kid from Clemson, uh, the transfer, and I think he could slide in. I think he has a couple years to play, so you know he'll he'll kind of help solidify that line. Kevin, you follow recruiting a lot closer than I do. As you look at this incoming recruiting class for Baylor as it stands right now. Who are a couple guys that could maybe make an impact right out of the gate? Because this season we had to play a lot of freshmen, true freshmen, out of necessity. But who are some guys next year that could force their way on the field as true freshmen? Not because we need them, but just because they're studs and maybe they force their way onto the field with their talent. Well, I think when you look at this year's recruiting class, I think there's a lot of good kids on there. I mean, there's some... Because you, you wonder, um, you know, with the new staff and, and everything like that, you wonder, 
you know, if the, if the coaching staff's going to be able to bring in some of these, you know, higher caliber kids that, you know, are getting the power five offers and stuff. But I, I think you have a couple. I mean, the kid out of Stilsby, Kalon Barnes, he's a, I don't think he'll necessarily come in and make an impact like as a wide receiver or anything like that. But I think as a punt returner, kick returner, I mean, he's electric, very fast. So he, you know, he might be a kid that might be able to kind of get his way in through special teams, um, which, I mean, special teams is a big part of this staff. I mean, with the with the previous staff, you didn't see a commitment to the special teams um, like we're seeing from Coach Rule and his staff. So, you know, I think they, they're big on field positions. So I think having someone like, you know, Kalon would come in with the speed that he has, be able to flip the field a little bit, give some better field position. I think someone like him, you know, could maybe see his way in. But when you look at it, I think most of the kids that can probably come in and make an impact are probably going to be on the defensive side of the ball. Obviously, everyone knows about the issues we've had at safety this year. So, I mean, you look at a kid like Christian Morgan, went to the opening camp, was, you know, performed there. And, you know, he's, I think he's probably one of the top safety recruits that we have committed right now, that Baylor has committed right now. Um, so, he's a, I think he's a kid that could see some early playing time. I, I really like what they've done on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I think they've kind of recruited to their needs, and the kids that they've recruited are high caliber kids. Like they, they're going to be able to make, they're going to be make, be able to make some noise early. So I really like some of those off the defensive back kids that they got coming in. Okay, good deal. Now, Kevin, this week I did have a question come in over Twitter concerning incoming recruit Gary Bohannon, who is the quarterback who a lot of Baylor fans are already excited about, dual threat guy, dynamic athlete. But this guy on Twitter asked me if there's any chance that he comes in next year and has a chance to compete as the starter. And he mentioned Charlie Brewer in his tweet. He didn't even mention Zach Smith, right? But basically, Kevin, is there any way you could see Bohannon come in and challenge either guy to maybe be the starting quarterback for the Bears in 2018. Yeah, I think uh, Baylor absolutely wants him as a quarterback. I think there are some schools recruiting him, definitely recruiting him as an athlete. I think he could play on the offensive offensive and defensive side of the ball. But I, I think Baylor really wants him at quarterback. And, I mean, it's not hard to see why. I mean, the kid, the kid is quick. He's got a big arm. I don't think that he could come in and, challenge the only way that you could even consider that is if he grabbed or if he signed early and he's going to take all of his visits so i doubt that he's going to be part of that early signing class but that's the only way i could see him even having a chance to push i mean outside of that he's just you know he's going to come in and i definitely think he's a kid that you could probably redshirt because you won't necessarily need him, especially if you have Charlie and Zach playing. And with Charlie being a true freshman, um, next year being a, a true sophomore, if you have Bohannon here playing as a true freshman, then you really only get Bohannon for at least a year, you know, after Charlie leaves. So I think he's a kid that you try to get in, get him in the strength conditioning program, get him in it, you know, in that offensive playbook, let him learn it for a year, grow up, mature, and then put him out there because then you would at least get him for two years. But Coach Rule's staff, I mean, they they are not afraid to redshirt kids as sophomores or juniors. 
And, I mean, I don't think they would redshirt Charlie at all, but, you know, there's still that off chance that they might do something like that. But, no, I overall, no, I don't think he would be able to come in and challenge. I think Zach and, and Charlie with a year under their belt, I mean, it would just be too much for him to come in and do that. But that kid's, that kid's electric, and he's, you know, he's certainly someone that you definitely, definitely want to take if you can. How important is Taylor Young to this football program? Oh, geez. I mean, he's, I mean, I think if you look at kids just over the, the history of Baylor football, I think he ranks pro- pretty close to the top. You know, he's a kid that they, that the staff took a chance on coming out of high school. I mean, he'll admit he's undersized, but, you know, they, he's just, He's just just one of those kids that if you had a whole team of him, like you would most likely play for a national championship every year because they just, you know, he has the work ethic. Like he comes to comes to work every day and, you know, practices hard, you know, studies what he needs to study. He's a great leader. Everybody looks up to him. And, you know, just with everything that happened last year, I mean, he could have definitely left. I mean, he probably could have went to a big-time school and, and started and everything. Like, So when you look at just the chance that he took to stay here and be a leader and you know be someone that kids could look up to, I mean, I don't know that there's much that we could do to show his show us his appreciate or show our appreciation for him just because of everything that he's done and everything he's meant to this program. Anybody who listens to this podcast or especially anybody who knows me in person knows that I am a big fan of Blake Lynch. I just think he is an unbelievably dynamic player. He's so fun to watch. And this season's been kind of crazy for him, right? I mean, playing both sides of the ball, getting really good at cornerback, and then due to some injuries at receiver, comes in and really becomes our second most reliable target behind Denzel Mims late in the season. So, where does he go next season? Where you know he's a guy that can legitimately make the NFL, but Matt Rule is someone who is known for getting guys the NFL. You know, playing a player both ways is not the best way to get someone to the NFL, right? So, where does Matt Rule play him next year? Is it at cornerback? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's where I'd put him. With someone like him, I think his biggest attributes are just like his football IQ and I mean he's he's a dynamite player like I he was one of my favorite uh signees when you know with the previous staff I mean he was just because he he could do so much like when he was at um I guess he transferred to troop um high school but and I guess where he when he played his last season um I mean that was almost seems like it was forever ago but I mean, he's just one of those kids that you didn't have to worry about him. Um, he has the work ethic. He has the athleticism. He has the smarts. Like, and it didn't matter where you put him. Like, he was just going to be really good at it. And so, yeah, I mean, I think, I really think that corner is, is where he needs to be. You know, I, I do I like seeing him at wide receiver? Absolutely. I mean, I, I liked seeing him last year. You know, when, or I guess it was two years ago when Baylor had all those quarterback injuries, those were that rash of just 
have one after the other of the quarterback injuries where they had to do the, they ended up having to do the wildcat. And he was a part of that too. And, and there's just so many things that he can do. Like he's just so dynamic. But I think on the defensive side of the ball corner, I think you started to see him. And it almost got to the point where people didn't want to throw at him because, you know, he had improved so much and he just, he had the athleticism and, you know, they look at the hips with the corners. I mean, he just had that, that, you know, he ended up becoming a pretty legit corner when we were waiting for all the other guys to come back. And so I, you know, I really believe as he gets another, you know, he's had the whole, I guess they put him, I can't remember if they had him there in the spring or not, but you know, as he's gone through this whole year and he'll get another spring at that position, I really think that he could become a, a really good corner just because he does bring a lot to that position, you know, with his football IQ, with his athleticism. And quite frankly, I think we have enough athletes on the on at wide receiver that they don't necessarily need him there. Which, I, But I think he could be dynamic there, but I think it, at corner, I think it's what best suits him for his abilities and his attributes. So, I'm excited to see where he, how he grows, because he still has two more years to to grow into that position, and I I think he can make it to the NFL there. Yeah, and you know, I actually don't think he played cornerback at all in the spring because he was hurt. I think he was listed as a receiver, and then he got hurt the entire spring. So I don't think he ever played corner until. Grayland Arnold got hurt maybe, you know, two weeks before the season kicked off. So he really grew into that cornerback position really quickly. So I think you're probably right there. Now, going into the Iowa State game this Saturday, both teams have kind of played Jekyll and Hyde this year, right? Iowa State at times has looked like the best team in the conference, and then at other times has just not looked very good at all. Baylor, while the record would not reflect it, has also at times looked like we can play with anybody. I mean, we hung around with Oklahoma State, who at this point is playoff bound, and we hung around with West Virginia, you know, played a couple of other teams really well. So what do you expect this Saturday? I mean, anything can happen, right? But when it comes down to it, as Iowa State comes into McLean to face the Baylor Bears, what do you expect? I mean, people have asked me that every week, and – you know, I just look at him and I just kind of do the shrug. You know, the sh- everyone knows the shrug emoji. Like, I, that's what I give people every week because I don't know. You know, I really don't know what team to expect. I was excited about the Texas game because I thought out of every game this season, that was the game that this team was going to get up for. And I was expecting big things. I don't. I can't remember who we had the week before, but West I, Virginia. I yeah, and, you know, you saw the that fourth quarter. I mean, it's almost like you saw the light come on at that in the end of that game. And so that next week leading up to Texas, I was excited because I was like, look, we, you know, maybe the team has started to turn a corner offensively. You know, you have Charlie Brewer. And, but that, that game just really disappointed me because I just, especially on offense, like I think the defense played their, their hearts out, but, but then, you know, you come back against Kansas and you just railroad Kansas. I know Kansas isn't a good team, but, I mean, they dominated that game. And, you know, then, but you know, you look at Tech and we had some issues on offense last week. And so I just, I do not know who to, who to expect on Saturday. Um, could we get the team that played Oklahoma 
as well as they did, or do we get the team that played against Texas? You know what I mean? Like, and I, and it's unfortunate to say that because, but it has kind of they have kind of been on both sides of the spectrum this year. Um, but I think with it being senior senior day, and you know, I think people will show up. I was kind of disappointed at the Texas game, but I think people will show up Saturday, and you know, they'll be loud and. You know, with senior day, I think the the underclassmen will want to get these guys a, a final win, and you know, especially at home. So I, I expect them to come out with a lot of excitement, a lot of passion, you know, to play uh, for the seniors. Um, I expect them to put it together because Charlie. I think the one thing you've seen from Charlie is what a lot of us expected: is someone who is very heady, um, someone who doesn't make mistakes. I, I know he had a couple of mistakes on Saturday, but I mean, he's also a freshman, but. You know he's not. He's going to put you in a position where you can be successful, and I and I think you know Nixon has done also done a really good job calling games ever since Charlie's been in, and so I think hopefully you know we'll see them kind of put it together on Saturday. Uh, Iowa State's certainly a team that that they can beat, so you know I don't expect it to be some kind of lopsided game. I expect Baylor to come out and play hard, and I'm not projecting a win, but. Or predicting a win, but I think I think they could. I would not be surprised at all if they did win that game on Saturday. Thanks again to Kevin for his thoughts for coming on the podcast. Really appreciate you, Kevin. You are the man. Appreciate you guys listening this week. I'll be back and better and earlier next week. I was traveling right in the middle of this week. Made the production of this episode difficult, but we will be back and better than ever next week. That's all for today. I'd like to thank Tim Watkins, Jeremy Wilson, Kevin Barrera, Travis Thompson, and Sean Scoobel. My name is Scotty Swingler. Thanks so much for listening to Please Bear With Me.